Hey, St. Paul, welcome to episode five. Can you believe it's episode five? <laughs> Where has the time gone? <laughs> yeah, it has been like a walk in the park, hasn't it? Absolutely. We're glad that you're joining us on uh, on the medium that you've chosen, uh, whether it is through iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or you're listening over our website. We're glad to have you with us for this this podcast that Emily and I are doing uh, centered around the Holy Spirit and um, specifically how we often find ourselves as Christians um, missing uh, missing the point when it comes to what the purpose and what God wants to do through the Holy Spirit in us and through us that sustaining and maintaining power of the Holy Spirit. We, uh, we talked last week uh, around the subject of, of listening, and I don't know about you, uh, Emily, listening is hard for me, isn't it? <laughs> well, I'm not asking you to comment on my listening ability. We'll let Lisa uh, do that. Sometimes my children even say, are you even listening to me? Uh-huh. Willing, I don't think that's specific to you. <laughs> no, that might be. That's good. I can blame it on the devil. The yeah, devil please, may be doing it. Yes, yes. <laughs> Sorry, Lisa. <laughs> you know, um, I, I remembered something that I remember something that you had mentioned last week, and um, or centered around this willingness to listen, and and it was, um, you know, that uh, that there's a sense of, of being spurred and not knowing exactly what the next step would be or where this journey uh, would uh, uh, end up. It's like God um, has took you by the shoulders, pointed you in the right direction and gave you a nudge and said, this is where I want you to go. This is what I want you to do. And, um, and didn't really give you all the details. Um, and many times in our lives, we find that happening, don't we? Right. Absolutely. Um, and that for me was with, um, my friend who now I can call one of my closest, dearest heart friends, um, Carrie Strickland from Truth Spring, um, Foundation and the school. And we met almost two years ago and even our meeting you know, so many people have said, Emily, you need to, you know, I had a friend that was like, Emily, you have got to meet the Stricklands. You need to go down to see Tr- Truth Spring Academy and see what they're doing. You you have to go down there. And I was like, yes, I want to. That sounds great. I want to do that. And it just never worked. I never could get there. And finally, someone else said, when can you come? Here is the next thing. And I was like, yes, I will be at that lunch and learn. I will come there. I will be there. And um, Carrie, part of her testimony that she tells is um, some scripture from Philippians. And our study uh, here had just was in the midst of Philippians. So when she started speaking and, and said those verses of Philippians 2 about the incarnation of Christ and what, you know, what he laid down and what he did... I mean, I just stood, sat there and started to cry. <laughs> and then afterwards, I talked to her, and I was like, you know, I just so beautiful. And I told her right then, you know, she didn't know me. She didn't know if I was going to be weird or not. <laughs> and and, I, and I'm sure I might have seemed a little weird because I said, you know, here is we're studying this, and I've been trying to get to one of these Lunch and Learns for so long, and I 
couldn't come into today. And I know now that the Lord wanted me here while I was studying Philippians because I am now so familiar with these verses and in what they mean. And I really kind of fangirled her um, until I got the courage to say, hey, can we go to lunch one day? And she and I talked. And in the midst of that, I had been really just convicted and just my heart was so heavy for her. It was so heavy for her because I thought to myself, you know, she raises her children on Fifth Avenue of Columbus, Georgia, where the houses are boarded up, where the yards are dirt and overgrown and gosh, there's crime, there's, you know, there's safety, there's, you know, drugs. Um, she raises her children there. And my heart was so burdened for her because I thought as a mother, what must that feel like and how, you know, she must want to, you know, go back to her own mother at some point and just get in her bed and cover her head up. Um, but I had been so burdened for her and I had been praying for her. And I just felt the Lord was saying, you know, I want you to help them. I want you to do something for them. I want you to come alongside. I've got this picture of um, Aaron and her with Moses. Um, when Moses' arms got tired and he brought his arms down, the Israelites were doing poorly. We're starting losing the battle. But when he got his arms back up, um, they were victorious. So, and Aaron and her come alongside him, and when he can't hold his arms up anymore, they do it for him. And I just thought, that's what I need to do for them. And I told her, I said, listen, I don't, I love what y'all are doing with the school. I think Truth Spring Academy is fantastic and just such a blessing, not only to the families that they touch, but to anybody who sits and listens to what they're doing is, you know, is touched by what they're doing and is blessed by that. I said, look, I think that's great, but I don't have any desire to help you with that. <laughs> I love what y'all are doing, but I don't want to come down here and read to these precious little children. And I said, and I don't know what the Lord wants me to do, but I know that I am here and I want to support you. And she said, you know, that's great, Emily. That's, you know, we really, no one has ever said that to us before. And we really need that. I appreciate that. That was almost two years ago. And there has been a lot of waiting in the, what am I going to do with them? What is that? What is my calling going to be? What is, what is, why am I here? Why am I helping? Why am I getting involved in this? Because I don't, I really don't have a skill set that can help them. So it's just been phenomenal over the last two years to watch as God moves. Because when Carrie and I talk about something, you know, what if we do this? It ends up being exactly what the Lord has laid out. So if we get started on something like coronavirus has really kind of waylaid our plans for things that we were going to do. But it turns out that during coronavirus, some other things blossomed and happened so that now um, I have a clearer path to what I can do to help them. And, um, and she has a clearer idea of what I can help them do and what I can be to them. So it's been really special. And and it's this verse, I mean, I had just texted her, and I think I've texted this 
um, her before, and it's Psalm 27, 13. I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. And she and I text a lot about waiting. <laughs> this is what the Lord says about waiting, Emily Carey. This is what I'm saying. Don't forget. Just wait. I know I've got a plan, but wait till you just you have to wait a minute before you get to see and marvel at how I'm working this out. <laughs> well, I know with uh, a 20 year old, an 18 year old and a six year old, um, when I tell Katie Grace, our six year old to wait, I have some very specific ideas of what that means yeah. like stop doing gymnastics no more handstands <laughs> no more cartwheels just come over here and sit down cross your, you know yeah um and so maybe there's a sense of uh, a misunderstanding when it comes to weight certainly um waiting as many times that i would like for this to be the case when i tell katie to wait uh, it's not really centered around just killing time right what goes on during that those moments of of waiting? Well, I think too we got we have this when we have to wait so long, we think we must have heard wrong. Mm. I must not be doing. We think that no answer in that idleness means that we heard it wrong and that we weren't we're not on the right path. We're not doing what we're supposed to do. Otherwise, things would be moving along at a you know reasonable pace. So I think the waiting creates doubt for sure. Well, yes, I, I think it does. Um, and and if, if that doubt was coupled with uh, hope or our patience levels, if, yeah. we, if we doubt something, that has a negative effect on our confidence. Mm -hmm. That has a negative effect. I mean, there are certain places in this world that, that waiting is not an option. I mean, waiting, not waiting is, is the, waiting is the only option. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to use my phonics and I'm going to sound <laughs> this out. Waiting is our only option. Like if you go yeah. to a doctor's office, they have a specific room that's called the <laughs> waiting room. Do you room. expect to do anything else in that room other than wait? No, no. yet we're all, we're always surprised. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go here and I'm going to sit in a waiting room could you not come up with a more you know how about a, a the anticipation room or you know give it a color or something you know the purple room or when you are in uh, the grocery store or in uh, the department store and there's 50 cashiers and uh, available 50 uh, checkout stations available and three are open right and the line is to the back of the store on all three of those. And how much do you like to wait? Because, you know, you, you don't like, people just don't like to wait. I mean, look, this is... this Emotions is, run high. Uh, they do. They do run high. The, the, I mean, there are times when I am driving and, and the little GPS will tell me, you know, it's going to take you this long or, hey, specifically it'll say... Um, there's a delay ahead, but you're still on the faster route. I say, no way. <laughs> I'll find a faster route. It's just, it's stopping is so antithetical to how humanity is wired. Right. Stopping. As Especially long, nowadays. Well, yeah, but, but, but if we can just keep our wheels moving, 
Mm-hmm. We're okay, even though it might take us longer, take us right. in the wrong direction, and and stuff like that. And um, and so, when God throughout Scripture certainly asks us to wait, we take that as a as an invitation that God wants some, us to do something ourselves. Now. I, I I get I get the idea of waiting and the misconception of what waiting is, but it's not just binge watching. It's not just <laughs> sitting still and killing time. There's yeah. preparation work that goes in that. Certainly, you would you would agree um, that during those times you're you're studying, you're praying, you're keeping your eyes on Him. Yeah. Absolutely, because while we're waiting and idle doesn't mean that God is. No, absolutely. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. Um, and I, uh, I was um, in Disney about four years ago. John and John was out of town on a mission trip. Anna and Lisa were on a beach trip with the youth, so it was just Katie and I, and just like I thought. Man, this will be the cheapest Disney trip I'll ever take. So, we just made a decision. We're gonna. We drove down. We went. Uh, got. We you know stayed on the property of one of the resort uh, hotels. And and I remember um, the next morning that they're coming out because we were gonna take all the Disney buses to Magic Kingdom and stuff like that. She'd never been there. And um, so there's lines and, and so there's signs that say, you know, Magic Kingdom, Epcot, you know, their water park, uh, uh, Animal Kingdom. And, and we were looking for the one for Magic Kingdom and we stood there and, and we're waiting. And, and Katie's, I think, four or five, four years old at that time and, and waiting is difficult. I mean, <laughs> you know, but, but the idea was that, um, that as we were waiting there, all the other buses came twice. We saw two buses that said Animal Kingdom, Animal Kingdom. And you know what she kept on doing? She kept on tugging on my shirt. Daddy, when's it coming? When's it coming? When's it coming? And out of frustration, I said, you know, I did it very lovingly and kindly. And I, I, I pointed her attention over to where all the buses were coming from. And I said, you just keep your eyes down there and you just look and you just, you know, you, you just wait don't ask me when it's coming. When you see a bus, you know it's coming. It could be ours. It could be someone else's. But you'll know a bus is coming. I have mm-hmm. no idea when it's coming. So if you're waiting for a bus, you are, or if you're waiting on a bus, you are watching for the bus. If you're waiting on God, you are watching God. You're watching for God. You are searching for God. Your confidence and your hope are in God. I mean, great promises come for those who do. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, absolutely. Um, And part of that waiting is we think that we can be okay with not knowing all the answers all at once. We think that we can say, oh, well, I know that this, I know that that bus is going to come. I know it's coming. I know I'm going to the Magic Kingdom. I know that the bus is eventually going to come. I know how this is going to work out. This is going to be the best day ever. I'm going to be on the happiest place on earth. I know it's going to happen. Yet you sit there and wait, and you're still not happy. (laughs) Even though you know what's going to happen. You know what those promises are. You know what that is. That We talked about that in the first first episode. Um, 
the promises of God are yes and I am, you know, amen. Um, you know that what's coming, you know mm. what those promises are, but it's still infuriating. Our hope, our confidence is in God. And, you know, I, I think about your waiting and, and, then, and what God has put on your and yours and Jim's heart about Truth Springs and certainly with Carrie and her family of what they're doing down there. But even the glimpses of what they're able to see that God is, is doing or is going to do are, are just, are, are still so foggy. It's still, you still don't have any clear uh, understanding or picture. I mean, if God would tell you exactly what is in store for uh, when it comes to his plan for you and Jim in this particular or any particular area of, of, of your life. Uh, I mean, that I would tend to bet Vegas odds are that <laughs> you're not going to like that. You're, you're because what's going to happen is, is you may say you like it, but you're going to get more anxious about it. Absolutely. Cause you'll ask the questions. Am I the right person? Am yeah. I, do I know enough? Am I, instead of resting completely in, in God. And there's these doubts that come. So this progressive revelation, there is something about waiting when our eyes are on God that in of themselves, um, in of, of himself, God becomes that sustenance, that one yeah. that we are. Um, and so there's there are doubts that come alongside. I remember um, 27 years ago, Lisa and I have been married for 27 years. Um, and I remember on our, re at our rehearsal dinner, my wife was 40 minutes late. <laughs> Lingering <laughs> doubts in my mind. Did she change her mind? Uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm not at up. the, maybe I'm not at the right place. I mean, we tend to linger. We tend to gravitate towards uncertainty, yeah. um, you know, uh, and, and think about our, our spiritual life and, and, and our questions towards God that we have in our mind that certainly very well could be that God has given us this destination and, and, and we say, God, I've showed up, I've obeyed, I've done what you've asked me to do and I'm at the place you've asked me to be, but I still worry. I still gossip. I, I, you know, I still am consumed by uh, doubts and, and, and I, and I, maybe this was something, um, that was a eureka moment for me. I, I doubt it. I'm sure I read it somewhere, but, um, I'm convinced that many times in my faith journey, it's not been it's not been about the destination that God has wanted me to go to, that the destination was something big or wonderful or majestic. It was the journey going there. It was the journey of where God would have me, what God would do inside of me and yeah. those around me. Well, it's like you were saying last week about um, all the sermon notes that you have when you write a sermon and how many things in, end up on the cutting room floor. Um, why did I spend all this time worrying about this and researching this and looking at this? If it's just going to end up on the floor, God, if you weren't going to use it, why did I need to know that? Um, 
so yeah, the journey is important. And I think too, that we are so, the waiting makes us so vulnerable. It just requires us to be dependent on something else or, or on someone else. It requires, you I mean, you had to <laughs> be dependent and trust and have faith that Lisa was going to show up. <laughs> you know, it, that Absolutely. and that vulnerability that you felt of, oh my gosh, because I think that leads to the, that vulnerability leads to the doubt and it gives room to Satan to start all these mumblings and grumblings underneath. Um, and it really reminds me of Moses being up on the mountain with God. Um, he went up on the mountain to speak with God. <laughs> he left the Israelites down thinking they'd be fine. I mean, what trouble could they be in, get into? Yeah, there's no idol store around here, right? Right. I mean, and in the meantime, while he's speaking to the creator of the universe and the man who had delivered them from the Egyptians, they're like, we have no idea how long he's going to be up there. We don't even know if he's going to come back. I mean, we don't even know this guy, really. I mean, who is this Moses? We better get our own gods. We better do something else. We might have got ended up in the wrong place anyway. So when Moses gets back down there, they've erected all these, you know, the golden calf. And, and his brother, the priest, Aaron, just lets it happen. So those are the kinds of things that we get into in this waiting because those grumblings and those thoughts of, well, this can't be right. Oh, my gosh, I, I've made the wrong choice. I followed the wrong guy. I should have just stayed in Egypt in bondage and bondage and been a slave. I mean, at least, you know, I wouldn't have been wandering around out here. You know, we get so nervous about it um, because we listen to those voices of you better take care of yourself. You better get going on this. You better find another way to do it, because clearly if you're waiting, this isn't it. Oh, I, I, I think it is. It, it speaks as, uh, so much to how we're wired as mm. human beings, that, that waiting, that, um, you know, it, it's like um, you read through, you mentioned Abraham uh, in one of our conversations before uh, we started recording, and Abraham, you know, in Genesis 12 receives this this call from God, go, uh, leave your homeland and uh, go to this place that I will show you. And, mm -hmm. and God doesn't give him any details, just a place that I will show you or, um, or to him and Sarah, I will give you a son. And from that promise of giving a son to the actual day that, uh, Abe, uh Isaac is born, there's 25 years that have passed and we can read over those chapters in 45 minutes. Yeah. I mean, it, just, I mean, we, we miss the waiting. Mm -hmm. We miss that time of, of, uh, Abraham, uh, we, we, we think, oh man, Abraham, you're, you're taking matters into your own hands by going to Hagar, the, you know, the Egyptian and, um, or doing things on your own. I mean, it, it is a very real, uh, a road that, that we have to go through in our lives when it comes to waiting on God, because our faith, our confidence is, dependent upon our willingness to trust and wait on God. Yeah. And that's hard. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. I, mean, I you... think that's the hardest thing. Well, and as, and you know, as we've studied this and as we've talked, been talking about it now for five weeks and as I've, you know, read and, and looked things up, 
the faith that is involved in the waiting and the prayer that's involved in the waiting, that the actual waiting just, I mean, is the journey and what that means to, gosh, dig deep and be strong, dig deep and wait. (laughs) To reposition ourselves uh, before the cross, be reminded who we are. I mean, the, the emotional effect that waiting has on our spiritual life or a relationship with God, where we say, well, this doesn't seem, you alluded to this earlier, that this doesn't seem to be the right answer, or there's got to be something that I have got to do, or God must not be able to see things from my perspective, or God must be missing something. I got to help God and waiting reminds us that we are not the center. Somebody else is in control and there's not a thing we (laughs) can do about it. It, 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 Waiting reveals to others something about us and waiting reveals to us something about God. Yeah. When it always, every time I get impatient, I always think of, you know, be still and know that I am God. Um, Because that's sometimes what it requires for us to just be still, quit the wheels just constantly turning. Just sit down and be still. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, God, come on, be still. You must mean, you know, you need to do this more or that more or, or, or something uh, that I'm missing as a Christian. I got to be doing something more. Yeah. This has got to be it. I, I mean, this can't be it. I thought I had it right, but I mean, nothing's happened. And so now what? What do I do now? I bet I should be doing something along the way to help it. I, I bet I should be making this phone call and doing this, that, and the other. And, um, you know. This, this this has something to do a lot more with, and and we may have to take two weeks on on waiting. This 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 speaks a lot to um, our 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 spiritual walk or our relationship with God, uh, where where we are convinced that our identity in so many different areas of our life comes directly from what we do. Yeah. When Lisa and I went to seminary in 2007, we, you know, I, she told me, you know, you, no job, your, your job is full-time seminary and you're going to, you're going to study. And, and I was like, yeah, binge watch, right? <laughs> watch my Netflix. And, say, and, um, and I, and I re, I remember about a year and a half into that, I started getting depressed because I had tied so much of my identity, who I am, my self-worth in what I did. And if I was not able to do that, and, yeah. and it, was, it was just so hard to, to live into that reality of, of, of something new. And so we're wired that way. There's, there's something about embracing in waiting uh, in our relationship with God. There's something about embracing and remembering who we are 
as Christians, the yeah. children of God. That right. First John three one that the greatest, uh, the great and extravagant love that God has given us or declared about us is that we should be called the children of God. And there are passages all through Scripture that center on this idea of of waiting. Uh, we we were in. Um, our jumping off point, our springboard was from Acts chapter one, uh, verses, uh, six, seven, and eight, where, um, Jesus tells his disciples, uh, that they would go to Jerusalem and, and where they will receive the Holy spirit and they will, uh, have this, this power to be his witnesses. And, and not, and it was kind of like an Abraham moment, just go. I yeah. mean, if Jesus was said, I'll meet you there next Tuesday at 3.15 p.m., okay? <laughs> they you probably know? would have been late. <laughs> or if they're in Jerusalem and it's been a long time and they'll think, maybe Jesus meant that side of Jerusalem. Yeah. Maybe I'm waiting in the wrong spot. Yeah. And so we think, okay, I better fix this. I better do this. And I know that was our springboard here, but before we can even talk about what they have done, which means we'll probably go into waiting next week, too— is the whole idea of the whole Old Testament has been centered around waiting. I mean, the anticipation oh yes. of, of the Messiah. Yes. I mean, it's just, it's ah. just passages all through it. Yes. One of the uh, most popular, for me at least, is um, Isaiah. And, and Isaiah uh, chapter 40 is, uh, starting at verse 28, um, Isaiah... Uh, relays this message um, to the people. And he says, uh, he writes, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Mm -hmm. Now, we know that that popular verse in 31 is about to come in where uh, even 30 and 31, even youths will faint and be weary. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. But before we can get to a point of receiving that renewed strength, whatever that might look at, like what Isaiah the prophet is, is encouraging the people are to know or do is remember things that they that they already know. This was a rhetorical question. Do you have you not known? Duh. Yeah. Have you not heard? <laughs> of course you have. Yeah. You've heard this for this from generation to generation yeah. to generation. And the thing that you know is that God is the everlasting God. He's the creator. He does not faint or grow weary. Mm -hmm. his, um, his understanding is, uns is unsearchable. And, and what this, this, this is, is, is saying is that first, in the time of waiting, rest assured Go through a process of remembering and reminding yourself that he is the everlasting God. Mm -hmm. He is the creator of the universe. That his, his uh, wisdom and his knowledge is uncomprehensible. Uh, mm -hmm. 
I mean, there is something about being in that place where um, that you find yourself resting on this level ground. <laughs> this level ground. Now, Emily's laughing because um, that, that was a verse that she was sharing with me earlier that I want her to, to, to share with us also from Psalm 140, uh, 144 or 143. Um, the, the passage that uh, from 143, I think it's um, 10. verse 10, 10. 143 verse, verse 10. And um, uh, is uh, the, you're uh, you're actually reading from the uh, passion the passion translation, and uh, Psalm one forty three ten is is a great verse that talks about this. I just want to obey all you ask of me. So teach me, Lord, for you are my God. Your gracious spirit is all I need. So lead me on good paths that are pleasing to you, my one and only God. Um, and the NIV, which of course I don't have it with me. Um, the NIV talks about us being, um, put on, what's the word? Mature. Mature. Um, level ground. Mature level ground. Um, and what the idea is that, um, well that, and so the, this is not, what is this? Y'all, I have so many Bibles sitting in front of me right now. Um, Christian Standard Bible says, the translation is this, Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me on level ground. And all of you got to back me up on this. Isn't that him, higher ground? Lord, plant my feet on heaven's table land. Somebody, John is doubting me. Of course I wouldn't doubt <laughs> my you. my memory no. of, a, of him. But that's when he said table land, that's immediately what what came to me. But this your gracious spirit, lead me onto level ground, lead me into that table land, lead me because that makes you think of security and it's even and it can't be wrong. It's stable. This is it. Your word and your spirit lead me here. And the one who's leading if we tune our ear to it is the spirit. Yeah. Is the Holy spirit. Teach me to do your will for you are my God. May your good spirit lead me on level ground. I think there's so much, uh, um, that can be said about the need of, of, of waiting, um, that, that through his spirit, um, that there is this, this fragrance of, of God, uh, of God's grace all around us. Um, as if we're just willing to just, as we wait, look around for God, mm-hmm. just see as we're waiting for the bus, look for the bus, keep your eyes. Waiting is not kicking a can down the road. Wait, waiting is not, um, killing time. Waiting is, um, is re, uh, positioning ourselves before the God who spoke in the very existence of everything we see leapt into creation. Yeah. You know, and we get to see in that waiting, we get to see the attributes of God. We get to see glimpses of who he is because when you mentioned Hagar earlier, um, 
who had, you know, in the midst of the waiting, that's when when Sarah and Abraham were waiting to have this child that had been promised. Sarah, one of these things where she said, well, look, this is must be what God means. He must mean that it's not going to be me that has this child. It must mean my my servant, Hagar will. So here, you have her, and you do this, and then you'll get it. And sure enough, Hagar has a son named Ishmael, which that's a whole other different set of problems that they set up for themselves. But Hagar isn't broken and now afraid because turns out Sarah didn't really like the idea that her maid <laughs> gave her husband a son. Turns out that wasn't really exactly what Sarah wanted at all. And when Hagar runs and hides, God comes to her and says, I see you. I know that you're here, you know. And we see that part of God, that El Roy of the God who sees. So we see these glimpses of him along the way when we end up in these spaces where we go, this can't be right. I've, this is a mess. This, this can't be it. Um, so we see that we see his that he sees us. We see that he provides. We see that he's our peace. We see that he's our banner, that he goes before us. We see all of these different aspects of him if we are watching for the bus. I agree. I, I think as, as, as Isaiah brings it to a close in that chapter 40, he writes, but those who wait on the Lord, and, and the aspect of that Hebrew word is not someone who's sitting still like what I want Katie to do when mm -hmm. I say stop or wait. Yeah. It is, it's like a waiter. You're there with your towel over your arm and saying, is there anything else? Can I yes. fill your coffee? It's that, it's that waiting aspect of, of anticipation of what's next. Yes. But sitting still. Because if we're left to ourselves, we're going to try to rely on our own power and our own wisdom and our own strength. And that is the antithesis. That's the opposite right. of what it means to live into. So we've got to be willing to slow down. You texted me this, this quote from Carlos Whitaker who says, the way to catch up to the voice of God is not speeding up, but slowing down. I mean, that, that is that is absolutely spot on. The way to catching up mm. to the voice of God is not speeding up and trying to figure out, okay, what's next? What do I got to do? How do I fix it? Do How do I help God make his plan my plan or whatnot? Yeah. It's, it's slowing down. And there's so much other effects that are so positive to slowing down to our physical bodies that's outside of this but in our spiritual life yeah man that is that is so very important that those who wait they they will find their strength you know god offers this 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 strength this uh, uh offers this um uh this this promise that those who wait for the on the uh, wait for the Lord or on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with eagles. They, eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Okay. Even the, the God graciously makes His vitality available to falling a falling uh, 
a fallen humanity, a fallen world. And and, and this, the, there is a condition of receiving his strength. And the only condition of receiving this strength, this renewal, is waiting. Waiting on the Lord. Well, it's like he says that strength that when he says, take my yoke. Hmm. Here, take it, my yoke with me. And he doesn't hand you the yoke and says, okay, you hold this. I'll be right back. <laughs> okay, now you got that on? All right, I'll be over here. You know, I'll be right back just a minute. Because with him, yeah, his burdens are a lot. But when he's shouldering the yoke with you, should be. I mean, that's <laughs> the loads on him. Mostly you're just kind of the one person who's just got your hands on the bottom of the couch as you try to move it. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're recognizing that Christ is, is there with you. I think the takeaway for me this week, and, and I, and, and we will kind of pick up on this and use it as a springboard for next, next week is that there is this complete dependence and willingness, uh, 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 dependence upon God and willingness to uh, allow him to decide the terms for our lives. Um, to want to wait on him is to admit that we have no other help in ourselves or in another person. So you could say it this way, that we are helpless until he acts. And at the same time, we wait. To wait on him is to declare our confidence in his eventual action on our behalf. So waiting is not just merely killing time. It's a life with confident, confident expectation. Every time that I, I, I still remember this image, Katie and I are outside our hotel waiting for that bus. And every time a bus would come around the corner, you saw her eyes brighten up. <laughs> Whether it was the right bus or not, but you saw her eyes brighten up. Yeah. It is that confident expectation in God. The bus is coming. The bus is coming. <laughs> Just wait on it. Don't get on the wrong one. I think the promises are um, broader and deeper than we can ever uh, imagine as uh, Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21, and now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever imagine or hope for. To him through Jesus Christ and the church be all glory and honor and praise now and forever. Amen. Mm-hmm. Well, this concludes, I would, I would say, uh, episode 5. <laughs> and um, and next week we're going to springboard from here and uh, get back into the beginning of Acts and really what was going on in the disciples' lives during the time between Jesus said go wait and by the time uh, until the time Pentecost came. Emily, thank you once again. Really appreciate you being here with us. <laughs> I you just don't know this is the highlight of my week. <laughs> <laughs> mine too. Mine too. <laughs> Go now in peace, everybody. Thank you for joining us.